Oh, God, I get, uh, my first ska concert was Real Big Fish, and I hurt myself, and it was great. <laughs> uh, we, will, we will relive those sentiments in three. Those them in Street Lane Manifesto. Two. <laughs> one. Buenos nachos, amigos, and welcome once again to Record Breakers, the platform for us to share music with each other for your entertainment and pleasure. Uh, I'm Peter Rape, your man with no plan. Here with me is my crew, my team. Uh, we've got Brett. Also known as Fifth Eagle of the Apocalypse. We've got Patrick. Hello. And we've got Drew. Hey, we're here to talk about the music. Prophet of the end times. Sorry, <laughs> the, the prophet end. of the end, end times. Times eats grass. Uh, yes. <laughs> we're here to talk about music, and the provider of the music this week is, of course, Drew. Drew, what do you got for us this week? Um, this is a band, as Brett said uh, last week, about bands that are sort of. Bands and records that are influential to him. I bring one that is influential to me. As everyone knows, I love ska. And as I was screaming right before the show started, one of my first, or in fact, my first live uh, ska concert was uh, seeing Streetlight Manifesto, Westbound Train, and the band we were going to be reviewing, Real Big Fish, and dancing so hard that my legs gave out and I could barely walk to the car. Um, that band being Real Big Fish, their album, like I said last week, the one that kind of got them on the charts and got them big and during the summer of Ska, which was Turn the Radio Off. Mm-hmm. Turn the Radio Off. Uh, Patrick, what were your expectations coming into this album? Um, I'm familiar with the, the fish of the real and big variety, uh, but I've never been. They're not my Ska band of this era. There are other ska bands a member of which makes an appearance on this record that i'm way more into but you know i I know what i'm getting into i know third wave and i know if you're gonna if you're gonna make a list of the bands that define the genre real big fish is real close to the top of it Mm -hmm. uh brett what were your expectations coming to this album (laughs) uh i was there buddy (laughs) (laughs) like uh, i lived it so was i um yeah, like you you couldn't get away from this album if you wanted to. Um you know, it it and and it lived longer than Swing, um believe it or not. Like it like on on the tele on the TV, um it lived longer. Um but yeah, this is just I mean, this is from the time when this stuff showed up on basic cable. Um so yeah, like you you didn't have to be in the underground scene to 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 get this one like this is this is probably the uh the most forward-facing and uh well-known of ska albums that that's floating around out there 
probably even more than the other ones that came out during the summer of ska. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, Drew, how do you describe this album musically? What I what I love about this record, um, and this band in general, um, one the band, if I'm going to touch on Real Big Fish, is one of those bands that like they hit and they hit real big, um, and then they found a niche. They did not stick around. They did not have the legs in like pop culture that um, say No Doubt or Sublime had. Um, but they have this cult following, and I think it's pretty well deserved um, because they were the summer of Sky. We call it the summer of Sky. We make the jokes, and there's the big Sky hits from, let's say, your Say Ferris's. If we're going to uh, poke Come it, on. but I believe um, I what Patrick was talking about, um, uh, and Moni Pal or. Uh, you're no doubt uh, Tragic Kingdoms or Sublime and stuff like that. But, like, this album, I think, was one of the most, like, if you're going to point to something that, like, defined the California ska sound and you're not going to go with, like, a band like Jeffrey's Fan Club or something like this, it's going to be Real Big Fish. Like, Real Big Fish was the band that made it out of California and, like, to the mass populace was like, oh, this is what's coming out of, like, the California ska sound. Like, this is California ska. Um, and it sort of defined that it was a template for that, like nineties, third wave ska punk thing for a while. And still to this day sort of is, um, and it was very much this album that did it in my opinion. Um, it had a lot, the loud punchy horns, Matt Wong's bass playing was just fun and prominent and just hit the right slaps at the right moments and grooved on the walk at the right moments. It had that punk drum beat. But then you also had something that defined, I think, real big fish more than their ska contemporaries, which was the cynicism and snark and sort of asshole nature of Aaron Barrett's lyrical writing. Um, he's not exactly known in the ska scene as being a very nice person. Um, and I think the lyrics at times very much reflected that maybe more on other records than this one, but even in this one, he sort of had that snark and that like cynicism about like everything that permeated. And there are other bands that have tried to do it, especially like some bad local bands within the Ohio ska scene that I will not name here. Um, but I don't think it was ever duplicated in a way that real big fish did it. Um, there's something about this sound that's like, yeah, it's a like it sounds a bit cookie cutter now, but this was, in my opinion, what defined that OC ska sound. It had that love of punk, that love of ska, and heck, even with parts of it like Skatanic, which we'll probably get into by somebody, a, a twinge of like weird metal, like rock guitar in it. And but it was rolled into an album that I think is from front to back, pretty easily digestible. Um, it goes down easy, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's um, uh, Patrick, well, how well, how would you describe this album? What, what would be the theme of the elements that catch your attention? Um, it, it is the definition of third wave ska, in the ska punk sound. That is, that is the the sound of this record. It's it's got a good horn section. Um. the lyrics are sort of the right level of mixing silly and serious. Like it, it doesn't go full ridiculous, but it also doesn't take itself way too seriously. Like some, uh, bands in this genre might, 
Um, it, it's it's one of those things like describing ska music for the 40th time on this podcast is hard, but the, when we <laughs> I talk like ska music a lot. I know, I'm not against it again. I enjoy it. But like this is the third wavest of third wave ska, I guess would be the way I would describe it. It doesn't it doesn't like some bands that we've talked to like talked about like like Deals Gone Bad or Westbound Train have sort of a foot in another genre along with sort of a ska background. This is like third wave ska punk with nothing else thrown in it. It's it's distilled. It is it is the No Chaser. Yes. Straight No Chaser. Which is, which is a different album, but that, that's a, that's a neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brett, what would be the themes elements that caught your attention on this album? Well, Drew talked quite a bit about California ska, but, you know, I, my measuring stick for ska is Aquabanian ska, um, and uh, this, this while not being quite Aquabat silly, has the silly. Um, it all, uh, it has the horns, uh, the, the, the measuring stick of Aquabats is, uh, is pretty, it's a pretty tough one to meet up the expectations that I come into a ska album is I want the lyrics to be about red sweatshirts and skateboarding and stuff like that. And, and lobsters in a bucket. Didn't cats quite get with, that. Uh, cats with cats with different heads, maybe. Yeah, the you know the the eight all the new kids on the block. Yes, you know it, it, it's you're not gonna get that. Obviously, this album does have a lot more serious lyrics. Um, it, it, one thing that I always think of when I think of ska that I enjoyed was, uh, which mind you, is a very small slice of ska that is mostly the Aquabats anyway. But I, I expect, you know, it's a, for it's an upbeat sound, so it's you know you don't hear a lot of blues being played in a ska. You know, it's it's not that kind of sound. It's very upbeat, so uh, it, it's kind of a weird juxtaposition to hear such you know you know some songs that aren't so happy, um, which is cool. I mean, that's it's something that I, I'm I'm sure I've heard from albums that Drew uh, has brought before. But, uh, you know, this is a very upbeat album uh, to the point where it's almost offensive. Um, (laughs) You know, it's like it's it's, and, you know, and I and I dig it. Um, You know, I've brought so long here before. I would, yeah, I, I would argue that that's the most upbeat record I think I've ever brought with Zoloff and the Rock and Roll Destroyer, but that was neither here nor there. But, you know, there's, there, there's, I, I, you can break down the, the technical skills. It's, it's obviously really good. Lyrically, the, you know, there, there's, there's a way with words. The, there, there's, there's some pretty hip turns of phrase, uh, that float around on this, this album. Um, but, uh, it, it's a, it's very tight. And, you know, like when it comes to recording bands that have more than three or four dudes in it, um, you know, it's, it's, there's some work that goes into making sure that, uh, everybody isn't stepping on each other and everybody's hitting when they have to hit and zigging when they shouldn't zag. And, you know, that kind of stuff really is impressive to me. Um, you know, and for, for something that I have heard played to death, um, some of these songs, it was active. There was, there's something now that, uh, that the 2016 Brett could, could dig into that I couldn't when this first came out. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, there, there's a lot to love about this record. It just makes you feel good and it makes you have fun. Uh, Drew, what would be some of the key tracks to to zero in on? Well, we're go- we're gonna start out with sellout. Um, because one, you have to talk about the single, and two, you know, I love talking about the first song on records. Um, did you have the single? Did you have the single? No, I didn't have the single. Um, Aww. I stole this album off Napster. Um, and that's not even a joke. Um, it's the it's the hit, right? And it's it's the hit for a reason. It's easy to dance to. It's catchy. Um, but the lyrics, like we were kind of saying, is that like it had humor in it and it had that cynical snark to it, and it's like. Yeah, fuck it. Who cares? Like, sign the record deal. Get the money. Do the tour. Like, just fucking... Who cares? Like, sell out. Like, let's let's all do it. Let's all make money playing music. Like, sign the record deal because we just want to make music that makes money. And as long as you're making music that you enjoy making money, like, let's do that thing. Um, beer. They're weird. I, like, I love this song it's one of my favorite all-time songs in ska beer and drinking are two of my favorite ska songs which i know for me is a little out there um it's the song that every time i've seen real big fish the pit goes absolutely crazy and it's it's just the catchiness of beer and the woes and the sing-along to it is something that I think like I love Scott that is like can get the crowd moving because that to me is Scott's strength is that the feeling in the crowd is always so great and crowd chanty bits it, it warms my heart um I love 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 a good whoa 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 part um i am always a sucker for that and then everything sucks if you want a song that illustrates the juxtaposition of real big fish the (laughs) bouncy super catchy super bubbly awesome music the bass work by matt wong who i even put in my notes here matt wong is a treasure like those exact words are in my notes <laughs> because Matt Long's bass parts are always on point, always perfect, always lifts the song up, even a few more notches. And he's, it's, it's all of that, right? It's catchy, fun, danceable bass lines. It's horns that punctuate just this fun melody. It's the ska upstrokes and the fun, bouncy drum beats. In a song that is about things just the people being buttholes and things always sucking and this whole like I hate everything, things blow, blah blah blah. And yeah, like this song has way more happy stuff like suburban rhythm and stuff like that than like maybe an album like We're Not Happy Till You're Not Happy. Um But there's still a song like Everything Sucks, which is just like a giant like ah, fuck you, like, we hate everything, which is <laughs> what Real Big Fish is sort of known for. It's like, we're gonna, with a smile on your face, tell you, like, things blow. 
And I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of okay. Like, you don't have to be sad when you say it. You can know, like, it kind of sucks, but, like, you can be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Uh, sell out with me, oh yeah. Uh, the opening track. This is how you open a fucking record. This song, every time I hear it, it makes me smile. Uh, and I don't even know why. I mean, it is just sort of the the elephant in the room in 90s punk was everybody selling out. Like, that was the worst thing you could do was sell out. Whatever the fuck that means. And And to some extent, it means you stop making good music and start making music that sells. But then sometimes you make good music and it sells. It's weird. But like that, that it's a whole song kind of about that. And it's not. And it's I don't think it really firmly comes down on either side of of the, you know, of the of the selling out thing. But it, it's 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 also just really fun. Um, uh, trendy, mostly because it contains at least one pick it up. And if you don't have a pick it up in your ska record, uh, you're missing something. Uh, Drew mentioned it, uh, and it's another obvious one because it's one of the songs on this record that you still hear pretty regularly. Beer. It's uh, the gang vocal. The gang vocals on this are perfect. This is this song is why you just have to have like six guys in the band that can vaguely carry a tune to sing woo, woo, those woo. to sing along on on all the gang vocals. It's Although just, I'm gonna be fair about this, I've seen the band live. Since they put out this record, I don't know if Johnny Christmas can carry a tune with his mouth. So let's be fair about him doing wo-wo-wo's. But that's me calling be, out be, little Johnny Christmas. So, yeah, that. And then uh, I mentioned it at the top. She has a girlfriend now. And I'm mentioning it because Monique from Save Ferris is on it. And I adore Save Ferris. They are of this era, one of my favorites. And uh, it's a really good duet. And there should be more duets in ska music. And I don't know why there aren't other than, I guess... It requires you to have two vocalists, and knowing the rotating cast that is literally every ska band ever, I I can see how that might get difficult. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brett, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Um, you know, well, uh, let me let me beat this one into the dirt. Um, uh, Sellout uh, has to be one of the most widely known ska tracks in the world. Um, for me, it's a pretty time place song. I can remember exactly where I was when I was sick of hearing it um, being overly saturated on MTV. Um, And that was at a time when they still played music there the second time. Um, But like, you know, it's, it's a solid track. It's, it's cemented itself pretty well into music history. Um, You know, just of the time when, you know, if, if you weren't putting out your albums, you know, DIY and, you know, being you know, the amount of, of cred that you had by, you know, by staying poor and for the art is, is kind of a funny thing saying that now every musician is poor and is doing everything DIY for the <laughs> most part. But, you know, it's, 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 it's a fun little slice of that time and place. Um, I'd also like to bring up uh, she has a girlfriend now because that is the uh, the most hey they don't make songs like this anymore um, track off the album is with content or style um, <laughs> you know it's they they really don't make songs like that 
Uh, yeah, it the, the pretty much speaks for itself. Go listen to it. Um, and uh, beer, uh, beer is uh, is probably the most polished track on this album. Um, it's it's you know I can't really you know you can you can break everything down while while some people like pick it up. So I like um, myself, but uh, you know the the this whole album as a whole is is very well polished. But uh, the uh, by far beer is probably the song that that probably should have gotten. A lot more exposure than the 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 track that made it all happen, um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 very of a time. I I really like doing the time warp when when I heard some because like some of these songs I have like she has a girlfriend now. I haven't heard I I hadn't heard that song in so long. It was like oh my god, this song exists, and I haven't heard this song since. This was like the kind of song that you would hear. Like yeah. I, I can't wait to try and find another song like that and bring it to the show and be like, hey, remember that time I said they don't make songs like this anymore? Because, yeah, it's like the – yeah, I, I really – like those really stuck out. It's like kids, if you don't remember, there was a time and a place where this was like – this was groundbreaking music that people hadn't really heard before. Yeah. I enjoy this. You know what? It's just a jump to the to the to the left, and then you step to the <laughs> side, bring your knees in tight. Uh, but it's a pelvic thrust. Several parts of that song. Being I'm looking at the. I'm I'm just basing it off of the looking at the GIF on Wikipedia. This is jump to the left and a step to the right, and with your hands on your hip, hips, bring your knees, knees tight. tight. Uh, but it's the pelvic thrust that really drives you insane. Um, I had to. I was I was looking it up on Wikipedia. Uh Yes. Let's bring it back around the horn to t- to talk about some conclusive thoughts. The horns? Talk about the horns. Uh, Patrick, what would be your conclusive thoughts about this, this album? This album's fun. Uh, if you were not Brett and did not get Ska, it, you, you were not a victim of Ska being beaten over your head 20 years ago, uh, and, and you still have a spot for, for the third wave, this is... This is the third wave ska record. Like it's it's a really good example of the genre. They're not my favorite ska band, but they're pretty all right. And uh, I feel like if you enjoy other parts of the genre, they're they're on that like you know if they were going to teach a history of ska, this record's on the on the reading list. Mm-hmm. Uh they're like the contender. Uh what would be well, your conclusive to, thoughts? To, to be fair, I, uh, I, it wasn't that ska was being beat over my head. It was this album was being beat <laughs> over my head. But, uh, but still, this is, a, this is a very well put together album. It's done by people with, with passion for, for the style. Um, you know, it's, it, there are other, other ska bands that I've listened to in my personal journey outside of what Drew's told me to listen to. Back in the back, back when I was in, you know, I was ska adjacent. Um, that were much less groovy um, with with how they write songs, and were were I liked them a ton. And there's just something about this 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 band and this this album in particular that didn't catch on to me then. Um, but you know, it was nice for me to come back because. I have a lot more respect about how hard it is to make music. Um, and I have a lot more respect on 
how hard it is to deal with large groups of musicians. Um, so just the fact that a ska band, by nature of being a ska band, can hang on to any any bit of being a band um, and long enough to deal with recording an album is is mind-boggling to me. And, and the, the fact that this really, aside from a couple things, this it didn't age that poorly for as old as this album really is. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty tight package. Um, it's not going to hurt you. Go listen to it. Um, and, uh, you know, when, if you, if you like it, um, but go listen to the Aquabats. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can like get the Spanish, uh, lyrics, the uh, voodoo glow skull album, I forget yeah. which one that was, but it's pretty cool too. Yeah. Um, it's actually, a little over 20 years old exactly. Don't go see the Voodoo Glow Skulls live. They're not <laughs> that good live. <laughs> they're, not they're not that good recorded either, but they're fun. Yes. yes this is they, were, they were one of the house bands this season for Lucha Underground, which I felt was pretty appropriate. Yeah. Uh, they were I'm one a- of the opening bands when I played the uh, Ska's Dead show and it was... Whew. Yeah. I will say, I, uh, speaking of Lucha Underground, I may in fact bring the record I found of the one that was the house band when we went to Austin Warfare. It's actually kind of fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. They were fun. They were good. Yeah. Uh, but that's in the future. Uh, yeah, this record. Uh, where was I? We were talk- talk- we talked to Patrick. We talked to Brett. Uh, let's talk to Drew. Drew, last but not least, what were your thoughts? What were your conclu- What are your conclusive thoughts on this album? The reason, the reason I, I brought this record um, I bring ska records a lot, right? I do that quite a bit. About half the time. <laughs> Actually, I went away from doing it half the time a while ago. Um, and I'm going to try to get back on that train because um, I brought, the, like Patrick said, I brought like Westbound Train, Deals Gone Bad, and did the little like soul offshoots um, of ska music and sort of showed the versatility and like, I did We're the Union, which was a band that was not as well received, but a band that I love because of like their weirdness, right? I've I've brought other ska bands for other reasons. Um, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones comes to mind as well, but Real Big Fish is sort of like Pat said it. It's if you're gonna take a band and give somebody like if you're gonna cut out a band of each genre or an album of each genre. And you said, what album are you picking that is quintessential third wave ska? This is it. I think the next one, I'm going to have to find something that's quintessential like two-tone. Um, it's probably going to be the specials because, duh. Um, and I'll figure out which album by the specials I want when we have to cross that bridge. Yeah. But I wanted to bring something that was like, okay, I've done the offshoots of the third wave thing. I've done your streetlights and your deals gone bad. If we're going to cut out wedge what are we going to cut out and to me it's turn the radio off mm-hmm. uh yeah i think that's rightfully put uh when it comes to this record uh it's just fantastic um yeah those are our thoughts now we get to the main events of the evening we get to our haiku reviews uh let's go same order uh patrick what is your haiku Defines third wave ska. The horn section really shines. A good fucking time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett, what is your haiku? What do you know, ska? 
pick it up, pick it up. Uh, Drew is not running out. Or sorry, Drew's not running out. I don't want to break form. Crap. Yeah, yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Ska's an expansive genre. Yes. Uh, yeah. Funny that. Uh, on my haiku. Uh, lovely Ska classic. Makes me feel all good inside. I still do the fish. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drew, what did your haiku? I can't stop myself. Simple ska, yet effective. The third wave template. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are our thoughts on Real Big Fish. Turn the radio off. You can, of course, find this album on our Spotify playlist. Play Record Breakers, a home game. Uh, play along at home. On that Spotify playlist, uh, we'll be changing our next week's record. Definitely, uh, you know, we might have a guest. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Usually, usually that's the guest spot. If not, it'll be my record, uh, and mine is going to be. Uh, I think I'm. I've I decided to to ring the bell on <laughs> Pop Month, I believe, uh, and because we we just kind of discussed it, so you guys know what it's going to be. But uh, it's going to be Salt and Peppers. Very necessary. Uh, it's gonna be yeah. Very... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> was that this episode or last episode? It was last episode. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, dog. Uh, salt and pepper is very necessary. So look forward to that. That's gonna be a fun discussion. Uh, because that is actually a fun record. Uh, especially it was fun kind of revisiting it for for various reasons. We'll talk about then at that then. Uh, but for now, we are done for the, with this episode. You can, of course, find us all over the internet. Patrick is at Swagger. Brett is at HeyBeedyBearBirdH. I-B-I-T-Y-B-I-B-B-A-R-D. Drew is at X. I'm at PD Rave. The show is for Record Breakers. That's the number four Record Breakers. RecordBreakersPodcast.com. RecordBreakersPodcast at gmail.com. Rebelli.net for listening to other shows. Rebelli TV uh, for, you know, on YouTube, on Twitch, you know, doing the things. Uh, until next time. Hasta los huevos.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>